0: Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan with the Duncan Duo, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo, always giving away cool stuff. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and making sure to keep you updated on what's going on in real estate. So if you uh, if you are on social media. Uh, again, we are at the Duncan Duo. You can also search for the Duncan Duo team on Facebook. We would love to have your follow, your like, your comment. Uh, it helps us keep you posted on what's going on in the marketplace. And um, you know, we we have some cool holiday giveaways. We do some stuff every year. We always, um, you know, look for some places to help people. So uh, if you're if you're on social media, make sure you're following us on our channels. So Mike, you know, one of the things that um, that we've been challenged with. Uh, in in this real estate market that we've been dealing with for now, at least a year or so, it's just a drastic, uh, drop in inventory. You know, we're just not seeing, uh, you know, homes coming on the market. Uh, like, like I think a lot of people would like them to come on the market. And so Yep. When that happens, you've got an increase in demand and a decrease in supply. More and more homeowners are staying put, they're staying in their houses longer, they're renovating their homes, they've refinanced, they're in low interest rates, so they don't really want to leave. And and because of that, you know, we've got bidding wars happening everywhere. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the the stats behind it because I think people don't quite realize um, you know when they start the home buying process that this is something they're gonna encounter. But, but there are a lot fewer homes on the market than we have buyers for. Right, Mike?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, the, uh, supply demand dynamic is very, very much lopsided. And, um, we've been talking about it for a while and the numbers keep coming out and I know you're going to go over them and it seems like it is getting to be less and less of supply that is out there. Um, and so it's, um, you know, there it's, you know, and the demand is still incredibly high. There are a lot of buyers out there in the market for lots of different reasons and, you know, low interest rates and, you know, wanting to to move because of the coronavirus, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it's absolutely, um, you know, definitely true.
0: You know, and I remember on a trip to San Francisco for a real estate conference, probably, man, this has probably been five or six years ago. And I remember talking to an agent about the marketplace in like the downtown, you know, in S- Silicon Valley and some of the really prominent areas. And, and her telling me that it was, you know, two months of inventory. And I thought to myself, that's insane. I can't imagine what that would be like, you know, dealing with that. And now we're in it, you know, that that's where we're at. And, and so a lot of our neighborhoods less than two months of inventory. And, and so what that means when we talk about months of inventory, that means if no more homes hit the market, you know, if, if nothing else happened based on the current demand, it would take two months to sell the entire market. We'd have nothing left. That, that, that's, that's how dire it is. I mean, that, that is, you know, the, the, imagine, you know, Walmart, not restocking just two months and everything's gone. That, that's, that's pretty much what we're dealing with. And so that's why you're having bidding wars and having to get creative when you make an offer and, and, um, you know, not able to act quick enough. Uh, I saw another stat so that, that two months of inventory is a, is a staggering number. Um, but but another stat that I saw this week is that the average home right now across the country, so this is a national stat, uh, but I think it, it holds true in Tampa and maybe even a little bit uh, faster in Tampa, the average home in the marketplace is selling in 12 days, whereas a year ago it was 29 days. So that, that gives you an indication of how fast the demand happens, um, you know, and, and I think it when you have a market like this, I think it's really crucial uh, both buyers and sellers listen to, to the advice that we have because it changes the ballgame. First and foremost, a lot of, um, you know, home buyers go into this process unprepared for the bidding wars and they make low, you know, silly offers thinking that they'll get a counter. And uh, most of the time they're not getting a counter because the market delivers multiple offers to that buyer and a buyer doesn't, or to that seller and the seller doesn't respond to you or counter you because they have six other offers that are better than yours and you wasted their time. If you're going to make an offer today, you have to put your best foot forward and expect that you may not get another shot at it or that your offer isn't strong enough. And then you go into a bidding war situation. So there are plenty of scenarios where we've had offers on our listings well above asking on day one because they wanted to hedge off yep. the bidding war. And, and if you don't do that, you're inviting competition. And then when competition shows up, it's who's going to, who's going to put the best forth you know, offer forward, who's going to pay the most, who's going to have the least conti- con- conditions who's going to remove contingencies. And, and then you're, you know, ultimately in some instances paying more than a home is worth. So when you make your initial offer, If you know or expect it's going to be a bidding war, don't come in with something stupid. You know, don't come with some low offer thinking you might get a counter. Come in as strong as you can because you may not get a second shot or your second shot may be with with seven or eight other offers. You know, I'll I'll give you an example. This past week, I had a house that I fully expected was going to go bidding war. And, um, you know, the first couple offers offered asking price. And, um, you know, the, the, the seller knew that they were going to get more after the first couple came in at asking, we knew it was the highest and best situation. One of the agents did a really good job, not enough to convince the seller to take it, but did a really good job, came in well above asking, removed conditions. The seller considered it, um, and, and it almost worked. Um, so, so again, you know, make your best, you know, make your best offer first, or it's basically going to become an unofficial auction with a hot property.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, I, I keep seeing it and hearing it. And, you know, your, your point about making a, a firm offer up front or not even hearing back, I I've heard more of that in the last six months than I've ever heard in my entire 20 year career of, well, we submitted an offer and they just didn't even respond. Or the answer was just no, there was no counter. Right. And it, I think it's just, yeah. And, it's, and there's,
0: unfortunately, there's a lot of real estate agents out there that have actually never read a real estate contract. Um, or, or a listing agreement and, and they don't understand how this whole ball game works. I deal with that right now a lot. It's, it's frustrating because you know, they'll make an offer and then three days later want to know where their counter is. And it's like, dude, I got nine other, we already accepted somebody, we had nine other offers. Like right. your offer was presented. That's the only obligation. Uh, The only contractual obligation is that the offer be presented. The seller doesn't have to respond. The seller doesn't have to sign anything. The seller doesn't have to counter you. The seller doesn't have to basically do your job for you and and put it for you on a platter. The, The role is yours. You have to put forth the best offer. And if you don't, The only obligation is the offer is presented. If we have a slew of other offers, you know, we don't have time to call every, every single person that makes an offer and handhold them and do their job for them. If you made a bad offer, then guess what? Your offer didn't get accepted. The reason you know your offer didn't get accepted because you don't have a signed contract in your hands. Like, it, it, you know, it, it drives me crazy. I see agents on, you know, Facebook message groups with other agents that don't do very much business complaining about agents that do a lot of business and, and wanting to know why we didn't call and handhold them through the process when we had 19 offers on a house and it went 9% above asking because somebody offered below asking and we didn't call them and talk to them for 20 minutes and explain to them how, what they should have done. You know, and, it, think- it, it, and, and, and so to buyers out there, if you're working with an agent, make sure they are preparing you for how to handle a bidding war situation, how to handle an agent that knows how to handle a bidding war situation. That, that's the other thing that baffles me. Um, you know, somebody will make an offer. We know it's gonna be a bidding war house. Somebody will make an offer Friday at, ni- at five and ask for an answer Friday at nine. Look, we're not stupid. Listing agents aren't dumb. The seller isn't dumb. They they know there's going to get they know they're going to get a bunch of offers on this house because that's the way the market is. They're not going to answer you Friday at nine o'clock and at nine o one your agent shouldn't be sending some nasty heated email. You're, they're not doing you. There's so many emails that real estate agents send that their clients don't know about that yeah. totally destroy their chances of getting that house. The real estate agent's ego gets in the way and they fire off a nasty grab at nine Oh two, that we didn't answer their offer. We are not obligated to answer your offer. We're obligated to present it. It's the seller that decides what's they, what, what they choose to do. And oftentimes you won't get a response because there's so many better offers. What, why go back to you when you wasted our time? And unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's tough because it puts us in this horrible situation because we have a fiduciary duty to the seller and the real estate agents upset that we didn't, you know, tell them what they needed to do, but we can't because if it's a highest and best situation, The seller doesn't, the seller in many instances is telling us, Hey, look, don't talk to these. Don't give the other agents hints. Like we don't want to negotiate against ourselves. That's the whole point of a highest and best it's bring your best offer to us. If you know, and a lot of agents want to call us and say, Hey, well, you know, what do we need to do? What's this? What's that? That, that, that's the whole, that's the whole reason you do as highest and best is to avoid that going back and forth, submit your best shot. Like we can't, we can't help you. It's unfair to everybody else. If now we're going and giving secret tips to you you know, so that you can make your offer better, like give it the best shot you got. That's the whole point of it. But yeah, there's a lot of real estate agents, man. If I, if I, if I took screenshots and posted these email messages, sometimes I could write a book about it. It's laughable about what some of the agents do that totally destroy their clients' chances. I mean, imagine our client seeing some of this correspondence. Do they want to work with that agent now? Do they want to take that agent's offer, you know, that's acting like that to, you know, in many instances, their friend. You know they're they're agents. So you know again, I know it's frustrating for buyer agents, but but man, I got to tell you, there's a lot of them out there not doing themselves any any good. They're they're hurting themselves.
1: Yeah, and I was going to say, I think it's more important now. A lot of times people think, oh, it's such a good market or whatnot. If I use my you know my brother's cousin, you know whatever, to be the realtor who's done one deal in the last three years, no big deal because the market's so hot. I think it's more yeah, that's a nightmare than, uh, ever to yeah. work with somebody that does do this full time and understands the current market dynamics. Because I think a lot of those issues come with somebody that just doesn't know what's currently going on in the marketplace. And therefore they're doing something based on how it was three or four years ago or, right. or a year ago, you know, um, they let don't alone, do enough. But now, yeah, they, they don't
0: do enough deals in, because that's where you learn about how right. to do real estate is by the deals. Not by how, you know, I hear it all the time. I've been in a real estate business for 10 years and they do two deals a year. Well, I got an agent that does that in a month. You're right. really not, you don't have that that much great experience. If you've been in it 10 years and you do two deals a year, it's the number of deals that give you the experience. It's like a basketball player that's been on a team for 10 years. we so played six games over two, 10 years. You know, it, it's not good experience. And, and the, the other, the, the thing I'll leave with before we jump on break, cause I know I've been on my podium here for a little bit. I get, <laughs> I get fired up when I see these emails. Cause really it's, it's nonsense. It's, it's, it's really laughable sometimes, but when you're a seller, um, one of the things I think we bring to the table is, you know, our, our company has an abundance mindset, you know, we spend more on marketing than, than, mo- than, than just about every realtor in Tampa Bay makes in a year. So, you know, we, we don't have to close the deal. We don't have to push a deal because we need the money. So it really does give us the competitive juice kind of standpoint to be able to let a highest and best offer situation play out and work in the seller's best interest because we don't need the money. You know, I don't I don't need to push a button. I don't I don't need the paycheck. There's a lot of agents out there, unfortunately, that do. They they don't close a lot of deals and they're desperate. They need a deal to happen. I, I don't. So I really can step back and make sure our team is not pressuring that seller to do something that doesn't make sense, getting the best offer they possibly can because it's in their best interest, and not pushing buttons or trying to prod someone because they need they need a check. You know, we 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 got hundreds of checks coming in every month. We don't we don't need a check. So we're, we're in a unique position and there's not a lot of agents out there that, that can say that there, you know, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've seen offers get accepted that shouldn't get accepted or, or, um, sellers do deals they shouldn't have done because they needed a paycheck and, and it's just not, not in the cards for us. It's not what we do. So anyway, we're going to continue this conversation about the local real estate market, the drastic low inventory, what you got to do in bidding wars as a buyer or seller, and so much more after a quick break here on the Duncan Dubo show. So we're back here on the Dunkin' Duo show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Okay, maybe maybe I was a little harsh on other real estate agents making offers in our first segment. There's a lot of great agents out there. Don't get me wrong. We we work with some incredible agents. We we do deals with you know 60, 70, 80, 100 agents a month uh, sometimes. And, and there's a lot of great ones out there, but, but the barrier to entry in real estate is low. And it's why most consumers out there have a low opinion of real estate agents. It's why we're ranked up there with uh, lawyers and car salesmen in terms of perceptions from the public, because you do have some bad ones and there's not, there's a lot of companies that don't do training and the licensing requirements are kind of light and more and more and more people are getting into the industry because they think they can jump out there and it's like a get rich quick scheme. So the, the downside is that that causes a lot of, um, ill-prepared real estate agents in contract negotiations and in preparing their clients for what's going on. So that's why you're tuning in here so we can give you some great advice. If you're a home buyer and you're working with an agent and you're making a, you know, offer on a home, expect that it's going to be a bidding war. Expect to go the extra mile, write a letter, send a video, try and appeal to the emotional side of things. Coach and tell your agent not to tick the listing agent off because if you tick the listing agent off, You're taking the the seller off in a lot of instances. They're forwarding that correspondence in some instances, they're friends. So don't, don't don't light up a bridge. Don't, don't try and get angry when you don't get what you want. The sellers are in the best position in this marketplace. It's a seller's market. You you, you can't push the sellers around. It's just the way that it is. You you, you know, be as nice as you can make the best offer that you can be as responsive as you can. Uh, You know, if you're a seller, think to yourself about whether or not the agent you're working with is best prepared and best positioned and giving you the best advice to get the best offer on the house. You know, if, if the first offer comes in and that agent's prodding you, you know, and it came in on day one and they're prodding you to take it, Step back and pause for a second. Maybe other offers will come in. Be patient. You know, counter the offer. You know, keep, keep negotiating with it, but buy a little time to see if something else shows up. You know, there, a lot of homes are going bidding, bidding war right now. Another thing that I think is crucial is, you know, understand the difference between, um, you know, what, uh, what the realtor wants and what the customer wants oftentimes I see requests in contracts or in emails when you're dealing with another agent that you blatantly know that isn't really the client that that's the agent. And sometimes you have to kind of see through that. You know, you'll have, you'll have sellers get frustrated at requests and, and think that the buyer is this person or that person. And, and you have to kind of calm them down. You know, look, this is just the, the agent or it's the agent protecting their client. You know, that they're, they're a fiduciary. They're trying to help represent their client um, you know, emotions get in the way so much in real estate uh, and, and they far too often blow up deals and cause chaos that, that isn't really necessary. It's, it, it, it's, it's an emotional process. And I'm sure you deal with that on the mortgage side as well. All the, you know, people getting frustrated with the steps that they have to jump through.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's, and, 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 you know, listen, in general, it's an emotional process going through this, right? There's emotional ties. You know, a lot of times, people are buying their their forever home, their dream home, their first home, whatever it may be. There's an emotional tie to it, so emotions are involved in it. And you know, one of the things I always tell my team is it's an old Navy SEAL um, thing that they talk about: calm is contagious, though. And so, a lot of people are going to get very animated and get things up, and it's our job to remain calm and just kind of walk them through the process, even when some of the things can happen that can be completely out of their control or our control or anything else. But there is a lot that goes into each one of these transactions and sometimes it's more or less, Um, but just staying calm and being able to, you know, work with a professional, somebody that knows how to guide you through it is your best bet to make it a smooth transaction.
0: You know, and it's interesting because I think that Um, you know, in a market where there is such low inventory, tensions are already risen. Tensions are risen around the country right now with everything we've gone through in 2020, don't take it out on the home seller. Don't take it out on the other real estate agent. We're, we're not the enemy. We're just trying to represent our client. And a lot of times we have a fiduciary duty that client to do what they say. Um, and, and most times, you know that includes doing things that you the you as the other agent or as the buyer don't want us to do but it doesn't matter because we don't owe you anything other than cooperation. Cooperation is showing the home and accepting offers and and co- cooperating with compensation and communication. That doesn't mean we have to tell you what you want to know. You know I, I again agents will want to, us to give them information about the other offers and and we'll just not respond to them and they'll get upset about it. But I have instructions from my client that are more important than you and those instructions from the client are it's a highest and best situation let all the other offers offers come in. Don't, don't, don't call another agent and negotiate against us. You know, I, you know, an, an example is, well, you know, I've heard agents say this, well, I'm just trying to put the best for offer I can. Well then put the best that they're willing to offer. Because the point is that if I call you and say, oh, well, hey, you just need to beat five and a quarter. Because five and a quarter is the best I have. Your guy might have offered 530. I'm negotiating against myself if I give you any information about the other offers. But right. agents try and get that out of us all the time. And, it, and and I can't tell you how frustrating it is because it undermines our client in those situations. Our goal is to get the best we can for the seller. Um, and, and at that point, we have to not answer those questions. We can answer questions about the house. you know. We, we can answer questions you want. And another thing, and I, I'm going to talk about this after the break because I think a lot of people don't understand uh, how litigious the real estate industry is, and why certain teams have to do things a certain way. Um, you know, including like email and having stuff in writing. And I'm going to talk about that after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Spent the first couple segments talking about the the challenges that a low inventory market brings. With bidding wars, with emotions running high, with uh, unfortunately agents that you know don't don't really understand uh, the process, and I think it, you know uh, the, the the thing I'm going to talk about next is is kind of along those same lines, Mike. We many years ago, uh, and unfortunately, as we've grown our business and we're all billboards and TV and radio, you know everybody hates the uh, everybody hates the Yankees, everybody hates the Patriots, right? <laughs> it's what happens. You know, I know the majority of real estate agents in Tampa Bay probably don't like me. Um I don't lose any sleep over it and and I really don't care because I know that we do an incredible job for our clients. But the the point I make is that because of how when you are that successful and you do a lot of business, you become a target. Um you become a target for complaints, you become a target for litigation. Um, it, it's just the nature of the real estate bi- business. And because our industry is l- so litigious, because everybody's got, you know, and liability coverage and, you know, something happens and someone wants to find someone to blame, you know, uh, they find a repair later on, uh, on a house that, um, you know, that wasn't disclosed because of that we've really done everything we can to force as much communication in writing as we can. Um, you know, so agents will oftentimes get frustrated because they want to call us and ask us a bunch of questions. And what we don't want to have happen is that agent come back and say, Oh, well, they said this and get into the, he said, she said, you can't argue over text. You know, you can't argue what's there. It's there. It's documented. So for us, we really do force feed email communication for a lot of the steps in our process, including questions about houses, including communication from agents, because that way somebody can't twist it later on and said that we said this, or we said that, or we disclosed this or we disclosed that or they told me this because unfortunately when you are kind of the big dog in the market and you do the most business and you're advertised everywhere, that's what ends up happening. Something goes south and everyone wants you to pick up the slack. And accept responsibility for it, even if it's not your screw up. So, so we had to go to more or less requiring everything in writing and agents get upset about it all the time that we're not answering this and are not answering that. Cause they don't follow our instructions and send an email. You know, they, they call us and we don't call them back and we tell them to email us because we know that communication, that verbal conversation can't get documented. We don't have a CYA with that communication, just like attorneys. You know, that's why they file motions. It's why they go to court. It's why they send affidavits because they can't just talk to people because it's not going to be remembered. It can't be documented. You know, our attorneys told us long ago, look, if you want to prevent getting sued for he said, she said over disclosures, have it all in writing in a file. And that's exactly what we do. And, and so be prepared for that when you're when you're a real estate agent. Be prepared for big teams that that do have those challenges. They want it in writing, not because it's... Um, You know, more so than anything else is because it's documented for all parties. It protects all parties, and and there's no confusion about what's there. Something can't get twisted. Um, You know, something in the gray area doesn't happen. We want it in writing, and and I think it protects us, but it also helps uh, be efficient. Um, you know, real estate agents are notorious that they're out on appointments or going to showings. It's hard to remember what's going on about a house. You call and you ask a question. They don't remember. We put it all in writing so we can document everything, but also so we can be as efficient as we can to get the answers to your questions. And if you're a dinosaur and you want to call every time something happens, unfortunately, you're not going to get an answer a lot of the time because that isn't, it's just not the way business is being done in 2020. And it's not in the best interest of our client or, or of you or us. Um, and, and so we, we, we have people complain sometimes that, oh, well, they didn't call me it's because you didn't follow the instructions. If you, and if you want to get an offer accepted as a buyer agent and the listing agent has instructions that they've gone over with their client and their client understands the benefit and signs off and wants that to happen and you don't follow them, you're not helping yourself. You're you're putting yourself against the eight ball and probably going to lose out on an offer. So there's my four minute podium speech about why putting things in writing has to happen. And and to me, it's extremely logical, but unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand it.
1: Yeah. And just as, as, and I know that's, that's what you deal with and you work with and everything else, but as, as someone, you know, to give you a different sort of point of view on that too, is it, and not just protects, you know, you, Andrew and your team and everything else, but it protects the other party as well. It's for the same exact reason. They're, they're being protected as well, because things are documented and things are there. And if you do need to go back and reference point, you don't have to reference a conversation that, you know, maybe people remember differently than it really happened or or whatever
0: it's for for everyone's best interest, but people don't get it because they, you know, and, and the struggle is, is they don't have the risk that our company has. They don't, they, they just don't, you know, an agent that does, you know, eight deals a year, you know, no attorneys looking at that thinking and finding a way that they can sue them because they don't think they're collectible. You know, when you do a thousand deals a year and and people know you're successful, it's just a society we live in today. So we, we have a higher threshold for CYA than you do. And, and in addition to that, it, is in your best interest to do this because as you grow, produce more, make more money. If you don't break those bad habits and, and every time you want to do something, it's a conversation, you're going to have a hard time. I've, I've unfortunately had to go in front of judges. I've unfortunately had to go through depositions. I've unfortunately had to do those things. I've learned what works and what doesn't work. I'll tell you what works. Here's the documented paper trail of everything that's gone on on that file. Here's what doesn't work. Uh, I remember, I recall, let me think about how that conversation went it doesn't work. You lose in those situations. So, you know, it's a, it's a sad day, unfortunately, that, that our country has gotten to the point where it is so litigious, but because of it, Businesses have to adapt and adjust. And those are ways that we've done it. And I promise you, it is in the best interest of all parties, unless someone wants to do something, um, you know, unethical or, or, or shady or gray area. But but in terms of people wanting to be ethical and, and follow the rules, it's, it's the best possible way to prove and document everything. And that's why we do it that way. And, and unfortunately, there's a lot of agents that have, you know, put a blackout on in industry by doing things, you know, other ways um, you know, gray area kind of side deals, verbal addendums, all this kind of stuff that, you know, it's just bad for the industry and, and, and bad for the customers. So we, we want to protect everybody in the transaction. Certainly, obviously we're protecting ourselves. Um, but, but more than that, we're protecting our clients.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, and so again, you know, it's, it's, I can't tell you enough. If your real estate agent wants to get answers, communicate in writing to the other agent, you know, that they, they can, they can document it. They can, they can be assured of a response. They can see what the response is. Um, but, but oftentimes, uh, you know, it, it, it when it goes verbal, there's stuff that gets missed. And then later on six months after the fact, can you really remember that conversation after that phone call? Did you jump into a CRM and document the 20 minute conversation you had? No, and 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 that's where unfortunate things happen in real estate that we're doing our best to prevent our clients getting drug into litigation later on us getting drug into litigation later on us having a you know a you know difference of opinion about uh, what we may or may not have said about the condition of a home so so we want it in writing and and uh, it's just it's just the way that it is so And, and you know what it does this year, obviously it has, you know, tensions have risen. There's low inventory. We've had COVID. We've had a contentious election. We've had challenging race relations. So everyone's on edge this year. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's sad that, that that's, you know, how things are, but you have to adjust, you kind of have to pivot. And, and it's a pivot we made several years ago that said, you know what, if, if man, if we don't have it in writing, it doesn't exist. You know, that's what I tell my team. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist because you, it, it really, you can't prove it. It's, it, it didn't really actually happen if it's not in writing. Um, like I, I'll have an agent say, uh, you know, I, I got a home under contract. Do you have the contract yet? No, no, no. What well, well, we're working on it. Well, then this, is, it isn't under contract, you know, right. it doesn't count until it's in writing. You know, it's like, I got a listing. Did you get the listing agreement signed? Oh, I'm waiting on some initials back. Well, then you don't really have a listing. You know, it, it doesn't count you know, until it's in writing. And, and so, um, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about, um, you know, we, we talked about our smoking hot deals last week, right. And, and so, um, you know, we're putting together this list and I think we're going to keep it running. We had a lot of interest in it last week. Uh, it's Tampa Bay smoking deals.com. Um, and it's our smoking real estate bargains, just incredible deals that we found foreclosure, short sales, Uh, these are not our listings. There's a few of our listings in there, but these are listings in the entire marketplace. We spent the time to go through and do some research to find what we think are some of the best opportunities in the market. And so, um, you know, you, you can use that list again. It's Tampa Bay smoking deals.com. You will have to register and sign up on our website to get all the data. You'll see the photos, the information there, but uh, to get all of the information and to get the addresses and things like that, you'll have to sign up um, and and set up a a username and password. But again, it's Tampa Bay smoking deals.com for our best real estate bargains uh, in Tampa Bay. And that covers the entire Tampa Bay. So we're talking Sarasota, Manatee uh, Hillsborough, Pinellas, Pasco. Um, and Mike, I think that, um, uh, it, it goes without saying, you know, when we're talking about really low inventory and, and kind of these aggressive situations with bidding wars, there aren't very many smoking hot deals out there. It's harder and harder to find them.
1: Yeah, it, it is. And I hear that all the time where, you know, I talking to friends and, and, you know, family and people that aren't necessarily in the business, you know, asking for how do you get a deal, right. Or where do you find that? That deal, and there's just not a lot of them out there no, anymore. A, with, so,
0: so TampaBaySmokingDeals.com. There's some good bargains on there, but the other thing that you can do to get a deal is you can jump in the Delorean and go back in time. You know, <laughs> go back to the future with Michael Jackson yeah. Fox.
1: Yeah, you know, about the only way. Uh, That's you know, why I think it's, it's so great that you put together this list that you know it's it, it's going to be on there, but there, they are fewer and far between than they were in the past, and so you need to know that going into it. Um, And you need to look at, you're not going to be able to go in and we talked about earlier segment, you're not going to be able to go into with an offer that's, you know, 30% below ask or anything else on, on right. some of these deals. It's just not going to happen. And, yeah. and so when you're doing your numbers, especially if you're doing it for investment purposes and looking at it, you got to, you, you know, you got to really make sure you fine tooth your pencil and, and go through it because the, you know, I, I imagine the margins on, on these deals are much thinner and there's, there's just not as many deals out there that that's going to be there. So. Um, you know, and I know we talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, maybe some different ways that you can invest if you're, if that's, if that's a route you're going, but because there's just not that many distressed properties out there anymore is either. Right. Yeah.
0: And I think that, um, you know, in addition,
1: you've got, um,
0: you know, a, a marketplace where customers know that there are buyers that will pay cash for their house and pay a good p- price for it. Um, I think you've got, a market where people know that their home is going to sell. So they're not willing to sell it at some substantial crazy discount, right? The, the, the marketplace knows and is aware that, um, of, of what's going on out there, you know, they're, they're just not going to take that kind of a haircut and even banks. I mean, you you know, you, if you look on Tampa Bay, smoking deals.com, you're going to see a lot of foreclosures on there. Um, and, and frankly, uh, some of the foreclosures are priced very well. And then there's some that are just simply, you know, retail type uh, deals that, um, that, that aren't uh, much better than a, than a typical house. So, you know, the marketplace knows what's going on. The marketplace knows that, um, you know, that, that you're not going to get some crazy, incredible deal. Uh, it just isn't out there right now to, to do that. You know, the, the best, uh, way to get a good deal. Um realistically, like we talked about, it's going back in time. <laughs> um, you know, and again, can you get a home 10% off? Yeah, maybe. Can you get 30%? No. It just isn't out there today. So uh just just you know keep that in mind as you're you know looking at these opportunities and looking at bargains and deals and trying to make a decision about you know your investment it doesn't necessarily mean that the house won't be worth 20 or 30 percent more in a year it just means you're not going to get that much off of asking price your deal is going to be made in the holding period and yep. what you do with it you know if you find a house that needs a lot of renovation you may be able to make money on the renovation but it's getting harder and harder and, and that trend's not going to continue that, that trend's going to keep continuing it's not going to change anytime soon
1: yep Absolutely.
0: So we're going to be back with our last segment after a quick break here on the duncan duo show so we're back here on the Dunkin' Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. And Man, good stuff just keeps happening in Tampa Bay to help our real there. estate market continue and outpace the rest of the country. Um, you know, we, we've obviously seen a population boom with what's happened with COVID, with people, um, you know, expediting their retirement, moving here because of uh, things going on in other parts of the country. And, uh, you know, that's obviously been a boom. We had the Stanley cup champion, Tampa Bay lightning, which will bring people here and make us an attractive spot for, uh, you know, hockey fans. Um, and, and all the development that happens around, um, the, the, you know, downtown, the Emily arena and a winning sports team that comes with that. We had Tom Brady. Uh, you know, coming to the Bucks, turning the Bucks into a winner, and we haven't had that in a long time. And and you know, there's there's you know chatter about them, you know, potentially going deep in the playoffs. And and now we've got the Toronto Raptors coming to play their home games at Amelie Arena in Tampa. The Tampa Raptors, um, another thing that's just going to put a spotlight on Tampa Bay, bring more people. Uh, and, you know, to Tampa Bay and, and put, put, you know, put us in a position to continue to be, uh, you know, just an incredible real estate market and incredible local economy.
1: Yeah. I just think, I mean, it's just another, you know, kind of feather in, in Tampa Bay's cap and kudos to, to all of us, I guess that, you know, when a team can't play, um, you know, or Canada's not going to let them play their home games there this year and everything else. And so, you know, the, the whole United States, they can look at where can they go play, you know, in cities that don't already have, you know, teams, they could have easily went back to Orlando and played in the bubble where they did last year. There could have been lots of different places they could have gone. But for them to choose Tampa Bay, uh, because of what our city has to offer, the amenities that they can get in the community in general, I think it's just it's just another, like I said, feather in the cap for um, our overall market and what is going on here in Tampa. It's a great time to live in Tampa Bay and be a part of it. There's so many exciting things that go on. Um, And we highlight sports. We're both sports junkies and we talk about that. And that has such a big deal to do with it. But there's so many other great things that are going on as far as building infrastructure into the city. Some of the development that uh, Mr. Vinnick is doing in downtown with Tampa, you know, Water Street and all the different things that are coming. There's so many just things that if you live in Tampa Bay or you're thinking about coming to Tampa Bay and there might be a lot of people listening this weekend that are in from out of town. I mean, this really is the place to be right now.
0: Oh man, it, it it is, and and you're right about that. And you know what? I'll tell you, I don't know if the Raptors are going to leave once they get yeah, here. I know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know a Canadian. I don't know a Lightning <laughs> Canadian player that's come here and uh, and sold their home. They'll stay. Uh, you know, I I should know, you know, obviously our relationship with the team, they, they get here and they don't want to leave, you know? So, um, you know, I, 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 who knows, you never know, but, but it's certainly an opportunity for us to, um, you know, position ourselves as a potential future spot for an NBA team, because, you know, it isn't just the Raptors that are going to be here. It's all the teams that are going to visit Tampa that haven't visited Tampa before, because we're not. You know, we don't have an arena here that hosts basketball games. So so there's going to be a lot of uh, teams and, and players, I think, that'll get to see that. And, and again, I man, I, I can't tell you how happy I'd be if we got an NBA team here. I'm a I'm a hoops junkie. For those that don't know, I played Division one college basketball. I still hobble around the basketball court in my 40s today playing a couple times a week. So I'm I, I just I love basketball and I think it'd be great for Tampa Bay. And I think this season is almost, in a sense, maybe a, a tryout for uh tampa and maybe a, a future potential opportunity uh you know for an nba team or or a, either a relocation and expansion something like that so um you know I'm, I'm excited for it i think that um you know it, it's once we get information about whether they can have fans and what's going to happen with that, there's no question I'll be at some games and, and, but again, when we talk about sports and the winning sports teams, it just, it, it fuels the real estate market. People yeah. want to be associated with and live in a town that has winners. You got a Stanley cup champion. You got a world series runner up. We didn't even talk about the rays,
1: right? I you know? know, I mean,
0: yeah. like they went all the way to world series with a payroll. That's, uh, you know, less than that of the teachers that play at Plant high school. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, like really like incredible, incredible or, organization to go as deep as they did. So, you know, you've got all these winning sports teams and man, people want to be around that. So, you know, I, I, it, it just, it'll continue to help fuel real estate. Everything going on in the country right now also is driving people here, you know, and, and, you know, you're getting people that are, you know, a few years before retirement, but now they can work from home for the next couple of years. They're going to move here. Now you've got people, you know, I mean, you've got so many things bringing people here. No state income tax is a big deal for a lot of people. Um, you know, that, that, Uh, you know, isn't changing anytime soon. So that'll be continue to be an attractive thing for CEOs and business owners who want to live here uh, and maybe commute back and forth to, you know, wherever their companies are. So again, just, you know, excited for Tampa Bay. So grateful for everything that we have here in Tampa Bay. Grateful for you listening to us. Uh, Grateful for the year that we've had a record breaking year, despite everything that's gone on. And, um, you know, just, you know, this weekend and, and I think every weekend, you know, just grateful for uh, Tampa Bay. And I think
1: you'd probably say the same. Absolutely. It's uh, it's been a great holiday weekend. And, yeah, thankful for what is going on and very, very fortunate and blessed to be a part of Tampa Bay in this community. And, uh, you know, I just think there is uh, continues to be brighter days ahead, which is uh, which is, you know, the best part of it all. Yep, no question about it.
0: Well, anyway, we hope you had an awesome Thanksgiving weekend. And now guess what? It's time for Christmas. Time yes, to start decorating. It's time. I'm already decorated, <laughs> so I'm right. way ahead of the game. But <laughs> but nonetheless, um, you know, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend. We appreciate you tuning in and have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.